All right. We are not a group of ten or more. Should we get started? Let's shout. Episode of Geek Fanthology. I am your host, Neil Cordray, and I am joined this week by Mike and the one true Ben. Just to mix it up, because we always do it in the other direction. <laughs> um, it's usually because where we're sitting, which you can't see, but <laughs> yeah, you, know, you, you can't really. But uh, so um, something that something that I've been kind of wanting to do with this show from time to time is is it, it is sort of it is it is a kind of like. Exposure, like <laughs> choice of words. For yes, you. I know. I, I can't think of I can't think of words, phrasing, insert for that. Yeah, but, I was gonna say it's good you can't see us if that's your idea for the show. Yes, indeed. Ah, Neil, put that back. I've, oh been, my God. I've been told I have a good face for radio. Um, <laughs> but no, like, like, like one of one of one of us getting the other two of us to. See a thing or do a thing that we have not seen or done. Right. Which was the general, um, which was the general thesis of today's project. Which I, was I like the idea, and I think we should go ahead and go around. You know, uh, Ben can take a turn, and I can take a yeah. turn. Yeah, I, I, I think I think this is something we can do, especially because that way, that way, the two of us that don't know what the what the fuck's going on. Right. That's actually. Just don't ask me to watch the entire run of Doctor Who or anything. Yeah. No. That, 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 that's that, that becomes. <laughs> it needs to be. It needs to be small, short experiences. Yeah. A movie, a game, whatever. Yeah. Um. So. The internet. I am. We are super late to this particular party on the internet, but today we're going to talk about Undertale. Um. Which neither Ben, nor Mike, had played. And I played like four years ago, and then bought on PS4 three days ago, so I could replay it and remember things about it. I had heard of it, yeah, but never actually. It was one of those games that that, that it, it got super buzzy. And if you don't know anything about Undertale, spoilers for a game that's four years old now. Um, Going on five. Four to five. Depending on when it was released. Really darn good game. However, at the game. same time. This is one of those games where if you have not played it, the, the one of the other reasons I chose Undertale is because it is one of those games that is best experienced in with as little foreknowledge as possible. Right, right. So, yes, spoilers, and honestly, you should probably just stop this podcast, go play it, a playthrough is about eight hours, or you could also just watch a long play video of it on YouTube. Yeah, uh, which is a, which thing. is about eight hours. Um, it we're all we're all staying home for the next two weeks anyway, so you got plenty of time, right? Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't make this that doesn't make this episode dated at all, um, right? <laughs> well, it could be any time in the next two weeks. <laughs> um, so. But it also, in all seriousness, to any to everyone who is listening to this to, to this podcast while it comes up live, please be safe out there. My signal boost for the week is wash your is please wash your hands. No, no, no. 
got to say it right, man. Wash your damn hands. There you go. There you go. That was that was uh, your single boost. That was. That was. <laughs> and mine is remain calm. Do not panic. Buy and hoard items. It's yeah. ridiculous. Seriously, stop buying all the toilet paper. Quick, quick, quick! A uh, little aside. I mean, I'm enjoying the memes, but yeah. come on, people. Quick little aside. Last week, which was which was uh, last week Wednesday, which was the day that everyone lost their collective mind. Lost their collective shit. In the morning, I said to myself, "Huh, I got like two rolls of toilet paper. I should probably go to the store and buy some more today." <laughs> Completely uh, unironically, timing is impeccable. Things had not happened yet. Um, they weren't entirely out at the store that I went to. Yeah. And I bought the same amount of toilet paper I always buy, which is two packs of nine mega rolls, yeah. which will last me you inadvertently for the, the right next thing. like month and a half. <laughs> right. Um, because that's because here's the thing: yeah. COVID nineteen doesn't make you shit. Right. I don't. Yeah, it's a respiratory thing. It's, yeah, it has nothing. To Unless do with you're shit. using those as, as tissues, which is I okay. The people that think they're going to need all that TP for like a couple of weeks or so, I they have a worse health issue apparently. Yeah, I mean, so so <laughs> for Christ's sake, okay. I have IBS and I don't go through toilet paper that fast. Yeah, I I take metformin. Let me tell you, if there's anything that's going to make you use toilet paper, <laughs> guess how I lost. You know, ask me how I lost twenty five pounds. <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> wash your damn hands and be safe. Don't be stupid. It's probably gonna get a little a, a little bit worse here before it gets better. Yep. Yeah. Um, but it will get better. <clears throat> and this is not the first pandemic that the world has faced. And on the bright side, hell, it's not the first pandemic the world has faced in the last twenty years. Geeks, I mean, we stay home. We were made for this moment. Yes. <laughs> right. Social yes. distancing is just one of your special abilities. Right? There was a. They were like four. Um, so many memes. New, new, uh, new, new Path of Exile League launched this last Friday. I just did a new League of uh, of Diablo three. Yeah. And so a lot of people who play ARPGs was like, I wasn't planning on leaving the house in the next two weeks anyways. So <laughs> this works fine for me. I saw the, the meme with the hook and it had the caption of like, it's like I was made for this. <laughs> and there's a great article on the Babylon Bee that was like, uh, nerds wake up in a utopia where all sporting events are canceled and everyone must stay home. <laughs> it was pretty great. Right. Ugh. So that's my that's my signal boost is, you know, don't don't just don't discount this mm-hmm. like all the idiots down in fucking Florida. Yeah, who all went to the beach today? Yeah, to party and shit. Like, ah, oh, it ain't that bad. I'm Haven't they seen Jaws? Sometimes you gotta close the beach, people. Exactly. Well, the thing. Well, is, a lot of beaches did get closed. Yeah. Because the the, the the city governments, the municipalities, were trying really hard to stop people from right. doing exactly what they did. Yes. yes. Yeah, because it's a bunch of these fucking young idiots who you know think I'm not sick. Yeah, that's you not the point. From you transmit the virus, jackass. Yeah, it's not yeah. about you. Yeah, you can be sick. asymptomatic and still spread it. Yeah. yeah. Hi, I'm 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 31, and um, if I get COVID 19, it's probably gonna hit me as bad as a as a as a mild flu or bad cold. Meanwhile, me over here, 52 with diabetes. It if, could be very bad for Ben. Yeah, you. It could kill me. And the fact, the fact of the matter is, is you could have it, not know it, mm-hmm. give it to me. You know, that's I mean, why even even in this podcast right now we are we're, we're sitting a fair bit apart from each other. Although we always sit like this. 
You can't see it, but... <laughs> no, no, we're taking special precautions, Neil. <laughs> but, yeah. There are invisible walls between us. Well, I, was, I, was, I was telling uh, a friend the other day, um, you know, I've been preparing for this for years because I'm at Walmart. I always try to stay at least six feet away from all the other people at Walmart, regardless. <laughs> yeah. Because so, I hate... Be Randos because you hate people. It's okay. You're a misanthrope. It's fine. <laughs> so here's the, here's the funny thing. I mean, I do my prep. I mean, I wrote zombie novels. Yeah. Um, and I prep a little bit. You know, I usually have about a week or two of food on hand. We usually prepare about a week or two outside because also we live in the country. Mm-hmm. You don't just go to the store, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a day. That's yeah. That's a day. You go to the farmer's market, you go to Walmart, you go to Sam's club, you do all your shopping, you know, mm -hmm. then you come out and you mow the lawn all day long yep. <laughs> you know, for the rest of the day, uh, you know? So yeah, we're, I mean, we're, we're good. Um, and but the but the yeah take this seriously mm -hmm. don't panic but please take it seriously you know I, and i think we're that you know I, I think be good to the people around you yes and i think that's what as we're bill saying. and ted said be excellent to, to each other. other just don't party <laughs> on at the moment not right now right yeah. right be excellent to each other first yes remember there's an order to this <laughs> yes i have a bit of a dovetail signal boost situation here since we're talking about uh, covid-19 and um, you know the various things. Also, I much prefer COVID-19 to coronavirus. Yeah. Well, it's more accurate for one. Yeah. Because there have been 18 of these things. Well, 2019, 19 refers No, actually, yeah, the 19 refers to the year. Uh, oh, okay. Ew. Well, I know there have been several, so I just assume there have yeah. been that. Um, well, SARS and MERS are similar. Are are similar offshoots of the same of the same. It gets uh, complicated because you're talking about varying yeah. strains and stuff. Yeah. Right. Anyway, semantics aside, um, I saw that. Um, you know, there, there have been, of course, you know, life goes on and all these uh, things have been um, releasing books and movies and, well, those have been pushed back a lot, but, you know, games and whatever. Yep. Things are still happening as it was ramping up. Uh, and one of those things that happened is the Explorer's Guide to Wild Mount is just, I think, officially, I want to say re officially releasing on the 20th, um, but they just did the online stuff and they... Um, they did a, they, they, they're releasing on Roll20, um, and mm -hmm. they collaborated with a Critical Role team, collaborated with Roll20 to do a free online adventure. It's kind of like a preview type thing of that, like a small little chunk of it. Mm -hmm. And they kind of rushed it out so people could play it while they couldn't go anywhere and do yeah. anything. So I thought that was kind of cool. I mean, part of it, of course, is like, hey, you know, free preview, so you buy the whole thing. But at the same time, like, you know, yeah. it's a cool thing. Also, didn't have to you're do stuck it. at home, and that sucks. Here's the thing you could do. Well, actually, that's another thing, too, is that's they, the um, Critical Role in general, they, they've stopped their streams for the foreseeable future because they have all these casts, they have all these crew, they have all these pieces. Yeah, so actually they're decent, a production. Yeah, they're an entire media company, so there's actually a good amount of people that would be in a relatively small space, and they're mm -hmm. trying to be air on the side of caution and not yep. do anything for a while. Um, but anyway... I thought that was kind of cool, a little mm -hmm. you know, freebie out there. Yeah, um, yeah. There's a lot of that um, stuff you're seeing. There's movies that so are coming out. The Met is streaming free opera, which I'm probably the only person who really cares about. But That's awesome. Um, the Met is streaming free opera. <laughs> and NASA released like all their stuff. Yeah, like, like everything. Of everything I've ever done, ever. <laughs> so so one, more, one more signal boost. Um, because 
there are groceries in stores. You know, no toilet paper, but groceries, no. Um, but there will be toilet paper, and there will be all these things. Mm -hmm. If you know a truck driver, promise to give them a hug in about four months. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because, I mean, these are the these are the people who, first of all, masters of social distance. <laughs> yeah. But... The also, they're are, they're keeping the world, the America running. At yes, the yeah, they're yeah. Keeping, they're, they're keeping America running at the moment. Um, a, um, yeah, I thought that was Dunkin' Donuts. No, America runs <laughs> on Dunkin' Donuts, but Dunkin' Donuts. Is yeah. So I, I want to you know I want to throw out a couple of a uh, couple of name drops because um, I'm part of another thing, the Brolo Nation. But uh, my friend George Canfield and um, he's you know he's a truck driver. Um, yeah, George is a trucker. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, he's That explains a lot about him. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hi, George. <laughs> and Jeremy, the the person under Pablo Hat. Um, another signal boost, Pablo Hat. Uh, awesome hat. Um, so, do you know this? Because Mike's giving me a look like... I don't know what? this. Story. I don't know Pablo Hat off the top of my head either. Okay. So the, the go ahead for go for it, Ben. It's not like we have an episode to record or anything. <laughs> well, let's see. So okay, the Hobbit from uh, from the Mojo, the Knights yep. of Mojo. That's Jeremy. Yeah. Um, he has a hat. Uh, that it's a steampunk hat. He's he's known for it. Well, when he was in on his honeymoon, mm -hmm. um, they were on a tour. And the their tour guide gave them little stickers with his name on it. His name was Pablo. Mm -hmm. So Jeremy put it on his hat, and so, suddenly the hat became Pablo Hat. Aha! It has a Facebook page. <laughs> I am friends with Pablo Hat. I'll have to look this up. <laughs> yes. I don't friend many people. It probably has a lot more friends than I <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Pablo Hat probably has more friends than I do. But yeah, Jer uh, Jeremy. And Jeremy's cool. I, he's he's fun. Jeremy uh, Jackson? Jeremy Jackson. I think oh. so, yeah. Right, uh, right here guy. Yeah. Uh, he's the friar? Huh? He's the he's the Mojo Friar. He's the Mojo Friar. Yeah. yeah, he's the Hobbit. Okay. The Mojo Friar, yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, yeah. I know that hat. That's a great hat. Yeah, that's Pablo Hat. Okay. <laughs> See, you knew Pablo Hat. Yeah, no, I know the hat. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, just didn't yeah. know the Pablo that's Hat. That's how famous the hat is. You know the hat, yeah, just it? not the person. So, yeah. Well, no, I, I know Jeremy, too. Yeah, unintentional signals well, okay. to the Mojo Brothers, of which Neil and I are both We're knights. Both knights of the, the Holy first. Order of Mojo. That's right. All right, I'm, I'm in the loop. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, um, we're looped. Uh, oh, so one other... They're actually... Taste of Tata. Yes. Uh, one other thing that, that's worth saying here... Um, if you can't find groceries, check your local, local Asian market because nobody's shopping at them because people because people think oh man it's from China therefore and one a lot of, really a lot of them a, a lot of Asian markets are run by Korean people um, <laughs> right like They're on top of this yeah like 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 <laughs> right, like on. all of the Asian markets I'm aware of in Springfield are Korean. In origin, not not Chinese in origin, and two. I remind I remind you of the King of the Hill Laotian thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and and two. Son of a like, yes, it originated in China, but that doesn't make it like exclusive. Like it's not be it. That, that that's just because that's hap that happened to be where it hap where it originated from. Right. It's not like genetically Chinese people were just gonna come up yeah. and give that to you. Viruses really don't care well, about geography is, whatsoever. The, the issue is the Chinese Communist Party 
not just someone who happens to be Chinese. Exactly. But they, the Chinese, I mean, the, the, the people lot. of China are suffering alongside everyone else. Yeah, right. They're, but, they, they, but, you know, yeah, there's been a, making people disappear that knew about it, getting rid of whistleblowers. Oh, yeah, no, the, the Chinese Communist Party, fuck them. They're even trying to I say that America with, caused it. They're I'm fine with saying that, even though I have listeners who, who get to me from China. Um, according to our analytics. Oh, by the way, hi to the two people in Ireland who listen to this podcast. Um, <laughs> and goodbye to two people in Ireland who listen to this podcast. Um, Anybody who's listened to Danny Boy notes. Oh, that reminds me. They, uh, the Dropkick Murphys did that like virtual yeah, streaming thing. For the, for, yeah, for, I thought that was really cool, too. But yeah, um, anyway, but yeah, people, especially in America, people are being super racist against Asians in general at the moment because <laughs> they're scared and yeah. stupid. Um, well, so one kind of leads to the other. Yeah. So um, all, you, you'll get you'll get interesting things you've never heard of before. Really good prices. Um, there's an, the Asian market uh, up up on the corner is the only place I know in Springfield where you can get uncured pork belly. Um, which is a joy to cook with, but um, now you have to buy an entire damn pork belly. Right. But <laughs> well, so I mean, yeah, there's there's lots of cool. Um, yeah. Just making pork bellies. How about that Undertale? Yeah, let's let's actually get to the thing. I, I we we digressed. We, we've digressed for the first half hour. That that's that's pretty good. Right. We superposed uh, a lot of stuff. Yes. Spoiler of the week. Um, you are filled with determination. I feel more determined. Or perhaps. Uh, the white pellets aren't love pellets. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Wait, is, there, is there a is there a Pac-Man connotation going on there? I don't think so. It's just coincidence because the safe things are yellow dots, right? So. Uh, no, I, I believe it's it's entirely. But I guess technically in Pac-Man they were all still white dots. They were just big blinking white dots. Well, they were blinking white and yellow typically. I, it, there's power so many pe- versions. The power of the pellets game. were were just were just twice the the. the Diameter. Yeah. There's so many different versions of the game, different boards. Sometimes they're white, sometimes they're yellow. Anyway. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. the thing, the only thing that I knew of at that point that was safe were blue things if you were still. Also, green things heal you. Yeah. And you can move through orange things. Now, speaking of all the random colors, <laughs> I legit thought that puzzle was going to happen when I was talking to... Papyrus. <laughs> yeah. uh, the, 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 the tile puzzle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, I was desperately trying to think. I was like, okay, I think I have some of it. If I can do pr- trial, I can do process of elimination or trial by error here. And then it just calls it off. And I'm like, oh, thank God. Because it's all safe. <laughs> and, and, then, and then you get um, with the, uh, the Metaton, you actually do get some of that puzzle, but it's flat out unsolvable. Yeah, well, um, intentionally flat out on something yeah. like it's it's a recurring gag. Yeah. By the way, that is one of my favorite characters in the game. Metaton is Metaton was great. He's so great. Ben didn't get to him. I didn't get to him. <laughs> All right, so um, there's an elaborate cooking show. And he starts to rev the chainsaw. Yeah. <laughs> it stops. All right, so oh, man. Um, All right, so we're getting ahead of ourselves. So but. I had played Undertale um, extensively. I had. Uh, on the PC, I have I have a bad save file where Chara has, where I've stolen sold Chara my soul, uh, which no which you won't get until you beat a genocide run, which is a pain in the fucking ass. Um, I I had uh, back when I beat the game, I was still in, I, I still had a lot of free time, so I could dedicate it to the like the to replay the, like the eight the six or seven hours it took me to beat Sans at the end of the genocide run. Yeesh. Okay, it's a grind. 
I mean, I, I, it's cool that there's like different endings, versions, re, you know. But we played, but, 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 uh, but, anyhow, any case, I played the game before. What I had these gentlemen do was the true pacifist run, right? Which is, in most people's opinion, really the proper first run. Because it's it's way easier than the, the, the than the genocide run. See, it's counterintuitive because in typical RPG you fight all the things. Yes. So it's weird that you know the one where you don't fight is the easier version. Usually, a pacifist thing is you do is something you do is a challenge. Yeah. Like right. an action game or something, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and also, just for the first time here during um, during my replay on my PS4, I beat hard mode. Which is only up through the end of the ruins, but it's really damn hard. So what's different in hard mode? Um, the enemies that show up, because you're still yeah. level one. Right. Um, if you name your character uh, Frisk, which is the actual name of the fallen child. Yeah. Um, the the character you name, by the way, is actually um, is not you're not playing as the character you named, which is something you don't find out until very late in the game. Um, like your save file. Mm -hmm. um, is the name of the first fallen child that that died a long time ago, and was the friend and, and was the friend of the of the royal family that started the whole that started a lot of nonsense. Um, but if you name your character Frisk, actually name your character after the person you're actually playing as, the ruins are full of monsters that are all at the end of the core. Oh, okay. Except you're still there with your starting armor. Right. <clears throat> and you cannot run away in the first round. Oh, jeez. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a real pain in the ass. It was. Uh, if it weren't for the fact that I was that I, I was personally invested in the grind, I would not, I I would have given up after like my tenth or so death. Yeah. So, and I think that kind of approaches my issue with the game. Mm-hmm. Is like the first time mm -hmm. when you get past Toria. Mm -hmm. You have to do the same thing over and over again with no change. You know what I'm saying? You have to spare 24 times, um, or like you know, just a double dozen times. Mm -hmm. So for me, this was frustrating, mm -hmm. um, and it just like. I, if, if, it feels like at times, like, the game is, like, it's trying to find a way to pad its length, or it's trying to be so artiste about everything mm -hmm. that it results in a really frustrating it, gameplay experience. It, it's a deconstruction, to be sure, mm -hmm. um, and some, sometimes that works to its benefit and sometimes it doesn't. Right. The Toriel fight is the only one that you have, like, it is, it, it well, now I guess the, uh... The Toriel fight's the, the, the only one that, that I think really kind of gets boring. Mm-hmm. Because um, the other ones, like, are... are they, they present you with something new you have to do every time you... Like, yes, you're trying to... It, yeah. It, you have, it's mostly survive for X number of rounds mm -hmm. um, in the boss fights. But also the bosses have things have things to say too, which yeah, is yeah, yeah. There's different. There's variety. Mm -hmm. There's differences with like what they right. say and the different gameplay mm -hmm. mechanic things you yeah. do. And but yeah, in that case, it's just you're just spamming buttons. One of the boss fights can be can be skipped entirely um, if you bought something from the spider bake sale at the very beginning of the game. 
the the boss fight with Moffat, the uh, the giant spider. Uh -huh. If you have a spider donut or spider cider cider, and you consume it at any point in the fight, she'll be like, oh. You actually bought from a rake sale. Right. Okay, have a nice day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> named Moffat, naturally. Yes. There's so many names like that. Like yeah, you pointed like, out, uh, the reason we mm. have Sans and Papyrus, because uh, that, that's the font. That that's the fonts that they in. speak in, yes. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. I just. So, and the thing about that is, is that it. Mm. I'm used to, I don't know, because like fighting Papyrus, I guess, mm -hmm. the, 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 the skeleton brother. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I ended up going on the date with him. Yeah. The date is so much fun. <laughs> going into his room. Going into a strange man's room. <laughs> um, you know, and then it's quirky. To, it's a very quirky game, too. Yeah. Yeah. And I Physical, think, even. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what worked against it for me. Mm. Um. It is that it was just so very like, what the fuck am I doing here? I was leaving town. Now we're going on a date. Now I'm at the bar, or now I'm at the tavern, and you know, and I had to mm -hmm. go past him three or four times, and it's like it never, it didn't change until it changed. I had no indication yeah. that I was, you know, <clears throat> you know, it's just like. The thing is, there's a lot of games that are non-linear, but aren't confusing. Mm -hmm. And this is like, it's artificially non-linear, because it's kind of, it is linear, but it gives you the illusion of not being linear. Yeah. Right. So and it's like, yeah, it's kind of weird in that sense. And, you know, and I enjoyed the quirkiness. I, I mean, I think the strengths of the game mm -hmm. are like the, the dialogue, the characters, the jokes... Some of the execution of that, the music is, and the sound effects are really cool and interesting. Also worth pointing out that, with the exception of a little bit, with a small amount of the writing, the in, the entirety of the game, the artwork, the programming, the music composition, is one guy, all right? done by Toby, by one guy, Toby yeah. Fox. Toby, yeah. yeah. Uh, right. Some of the writing was assisted. There was he was assisted with some of the writing and a little bit of the monster and a little bit of the enemy design from someone called Temmie. Right. Yeah, which was got the shout out with the with the with, shop up with the Tebby Village. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And there, there, there were choices early on mm -hmm. that I took them. I'm like, well, that didn't really, you know, what's this here for? Is this going to be something later? Like the pie choice, um, or when you go down when you're going towards uh, Snowden Village, there's another path off mm -hmm. that goes to something you can't do anything. Yeah, that that's actually that that so the, like an the, empty little shack. The the empty yeah. door, the, the closed door, right? Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I presume that was going to be something later in the game. No. It's a thing that happens sometimes, but not always. The game actually, like, if you break it down and actually and actually dive into the code, is really cool. Um, because there's a lot of things that, like, for one, you, you the game saves constantly whether you're saving or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and there are a few things that you can find out, like, where you can realize that that's happened. Like, um, like, let's say you don't, you, you don't, you, you kill Toriel. And he's like, crap, I didn't mean to do that. Because, like, maybe you thought, oh, man, I, I must have to fight her for a little bit to get her weak, and then I can spare her. Right. Or something along those lines. Sure. Um, 
Turns out, actually, you deal exponentially more damage to her the lower her hit points get. Um, ah. So it's easy to accidentally kill her. I see. And if you are like, I didn't mean to kill Goat Mom, and um, right. and reset the game. Yeah. Um, Flowey calls you out on it. <laughs> because Flowey has medium awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, as evidenced by the by if by yeah, if you the, got to the end the of the speech. game, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and realizes, huh? You reset time so that you could take back a bad decision, didn't you? Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, that laugh is extremely unnerving, by the way. Yeah, it is, and 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 you didn't get to it, but how did you feel about the fight with Photoshop Flowey? Uh, I don't know, man. Like some trippy shit. <laughs> I know, right? Like, I don't. I mean, nothing surprised me at a certain point with that game, but like some of the stuff is still just like, ooh. It's just like what the, especially since it's entirely different from anything you'd experienced yeah. up until that point. It's like, what the fuck is this? Absolutely. <laughs> See, that's the kind of thing that worked against it mm-hmm. to me is that you know it. it everything that you know from before mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily inform you for anything that happens later on. Hmm. At least, at least when I came through, because I kept on running into those two effing dogs. Well, I think you have to get further for that to, to really see that trend. Yeah, some like, of the stuff takes a while. To, the, the, like, there, there is a fair bit of, like, the 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 walk from the end of ruin of the, uh, from the end of the ruins to Snowden Village. I think is probably the weakest part of the game. Um, unfortunately, it's the part that you got frustrated in. Yeah, leaving frust- leaving Snowden Village started to get frustrating when I couldn't get past Papyrus. Um, and then when I like I said I couldn't get past the two dogs because I would try to pet one, mm-hmm. and I just yeah. And the story in and of itself, while cool, mm-hmm. um, saying nothing against it, it didn't appeal to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> simply because, um, well, it was a, it was a little predictable. I can see that. And and you know, it's like mm, okay. Um, well, it's the thing is for me like, <clears throat> I mean, there's some twists and turns as you get further in the game, but like at the same time, it just it, it, there's there's a lot of like tropiness and platitudes. It's like oh, but the humans are the real monsters, you guys. Like oh, gee, that's so shocking. Yeah. Oh, not all monsters are bad, mm-hmm. and it's just they're just like us, you guys. Well, I mean, I'm like I'm one like, guy wrote it too. Um, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I mean, the execution was good mm-hmm. at times, but you know, it's not terribly groundbreaking I, stuff. I, I, I my, the thing I really like about the game, and I still really like it, like it. It's the first game I've ever gotten a platinum trophy on for my PS4, <laughs> um, <laughs> which admittedly is actually really, really, really easy. Um, like you have to kind of be trying to not get a platinum trophy in Undertale, but. <laughs> um, at the same time, it, it's, um, I really, uh, one, of, one of the things I really appreciated about it was how much of a, um, is how much of a deconstruction of the standard RPG, uh, yeah. game type it was. Right. Because it's a game, it's an RPG game. 
Like, at its bones, it's it's it feels like an RPG. In fact, it feels a lot. It feels a lot like a game. It's been it gets con- uh, compared to a lot. Earthbound. Yeah. yeah. Um, and see, I think I've played Earthbound. It was an SNES game. Really, really good. Yeah. Um, if you haven't played it, I highly recommend Earthbound. Kids with psychic powers. I would totally say we should do yes. we should do an Earthbound <laughs> episode, except it's hard to get a copy of the game, and um, it's not short by most reckonings. Like, it's yeah. probably a 20, 22 I mean, I've, hour I've set. I the game, so yeah. I could totally do an episode on it. Um, <laughs> right. But, but it it what the thing the thing about it is, it's it's an RPG where no one has to die, which is one of the like you don't see very many games where it's like it's yeah. turn based combat, and no one has to die. Right. For the entire game, right. Um. Yeah, I mean it's definitely unique. Um, and again, it's basically one person doing the entire thing. It's a pretty amazing achievement. For yeah. That. Um, but yeah, it's just. Um, I, I will admit the, when I when there's I, not much gameplay there. Yeah, there is not much gameplay there. It, it's it's primarily there for the story. And if you don't like the story, then yeah. it's not going to affect you as much. Um, I will admit when I played it when I did my second playthrough, some of the cracks did start to show a little bit more. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I was very invested in it the first time. The sec my second playthrough was, I mean, I still enjoyed it, yeah. but I didn't feel like. The first time I played it, I actually kind of had an emotional connection to the story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, you know, I felt I, I felt pity for these monsters who really hadn't done anything wrong. Yes, I know it's tropey. You know, not all monsters are evil. Humans are the real monsters. Yeah, Although yeah. <laughs> it's not really even humans are the real monsters. It's just that people are dicks. Right. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's like nobody wants to listen to anyone. But, yeah, because um, towards the end, there's some there's instances of monsters being dicks as well. Yeah. So it's not yeah. quite that simple, but that's the general shtick. Yeah. That's the general thing that's that. Shtick. But that's how it presented um, initially. But like I had I had an emotional connection. I was like I want I I I kind of genuinely wanted there to be a happy ending for yeah. the story, mm-hmm. um, and I was glad that there was one that you could earn. Right. Um, yeah. It's also, Metaton's just a, a, an absolute joy. <coughs> yeah, Metaton. Because good. like the entire the entire bit with Metaton in the core is just it's oh, just so way, stupid fun. I, I I did you also get a um, final? Was that an homage to the Final Fantasy VI opera scene when he yes, came in? That is absolutely I, that, a Final I, Fantasy okay. VI homage. I was pretty sure it was, um, it was an homage to the opera scene. I'm sorry, Ben. Now we're talking about stuff you didn't see. Well, no, and, and here's the thing. I'm not going to bash the game. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't get into it. I understand. That's and that's you know, like I said, it's probably a failing for me. It's you know, it's something I probably missed out on. I get that. Well, I, I highly recommend if you if you can get the time to set it aside for a little bit, like to sit down in the next two weeks. Yeah, <laughs> well, like like sit down, um, sit down at YouTube just with a you can do a Google search for Undertale, um, True Pacifist Long Play Video, okay. um, as opposed to a speedrun video. Um, I mean, you can watch a speedrun of it too, but they skip all the dialogue. Long plays uh, essentially are some is someone playing the game because. Either you don't have the you, you don't have the skill to play it yourself. You don't have you don't have the the, the <laughs> you don't have the system necessary to play it itself, or you don't have the 
right. patience to play. Like, like yeah. in your case, I'm pretty sure that if you just <coughs> stuck it out long enough, you'd probably be, get. Um, but yeah, yeah, you didn't want to, and that's fine. And, and um, that's with that. I think that's the important thing with any of these mm -hmm. is that one of us may not always like. The it's whole true. Thing. Yeah. Well, and that makes it more interesting usually as well. Yeah. A different perspective. Well, you know, I guess just, that, you, you know, just because you don't, uh, just because something doesn't gel with you, vibe with you, doesn't mean that you're right. then, you know, poo-pooing it for other people. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's all kinds. There's entire genres uh, of stuff. Like when it comes to video games, like generally speaking, I'm not that big into racing games or sports games, mm -hmm. but they're perfectly valid games, and right. mm -hmm. I have enjoyed some of them. And um, you know, I, I don't, that doesn't take away from anyone else Which enjoying. Not? Need for Speed Underground's a lot of fun. That's what I hear. See, the only racing game I ever got into was rock and roll racing. Uh, classic uh, Blizzard. Another yeah. really great um, racing game is Mario Kart 64. I mean. That. I mean, with the, that's semantics. I don't really consider those racing games. I mean, I guess they're racing games, but I don't know. Arcade racing games, subgenre, maybe. Anyway. Right. Well, uh, but, yeah. yeah um, Side scrollers, not my thing. That's fair. Yeah. Which is I, funny because I grew up in the in the era, you know, when. Of coin op side scrollers. Coin operated side scrollers. Oh, my God. Well, the other thing about, the, about Undertale is that oh um, a lot of it is. Like blowing up for you, Ben? Like no, 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 no. It just reminded me of something. Oh. My my thing that I may have us try. Oh, okay. Um, well, we'll we'll deal with that after the episode. Just write yeah. it down. Yeah, yeah uh, that's what I'm trying to. I'm trying to. Uh, <laughs> uh, whenever you're doing something where you're doing like an homage or whatever, and things inspired by other things that came before, oftentimes. Um, you imitate it to its detriment, where it's mm -hmm. like all the things that annoyed you about those games are still there because you're basically just making another one of those games, but with some differences. Yeah. Um, obviously, one being that you could potentially not have anyone die. It's a pretty big difference. Mm -hmm. But, you know, what I'm getting at is like some of the like slow meandering stuff and getting mixed up and not knowing where to go and like the text scrolling out at one small letter at a time, like... Oh, yeah. I, I skipped. The, there, there's a you can. There's a button, and one of the froggets will tell you a button that you can use to make the text load faster. Yeah, I can't remember what it is. Uh, X. It's like X or Z or something. Yeah. But anyway. But. Uh, so that you can load the text box and just read the whole thing because. But yeah. Yeah, people talk slow. Yeah, you still have to do that every single time though, yeah. which is kind of annoying. Um, yep. So it's like it's authentic in that sense, but if what. If there's an aspect of a thing that I enjoyed overall, but I didn't like that aspect of it, it still sucks. Yeah. Just because we're X years into the future, the year 201X, right? Mm -hmm. um, not anymore, but it <laughs> 202X, was. 202X. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, that's, I, I, that made me laugh because, you know, I, since I waited until 2020 to play yep. the damn thing. <laughs> Which was another trope, by the way, in, in those games where it takes place in the future. It's like in the year 20XX or whatever. Yeah. Like, Anyway, there's a lot of tropes that don't. I'm reminded of uh, of, Str of Stinko Man, right? Uh, battle in, in in the year 2066. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Stinko Man! Everybody says you're the guy. I want to be the guy too. That's a game we should all play. No, wait, let's play. I want to be the guy. No, let's you're not. Just a kid. We did. Let's not. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I highly recommend at some point if you if you enjoy um, if you enjoy watching other people's pain and misery. Um, watch someone who doesn't know what they're doing try to play I want to be the guy for about 15 minutes 
Um, the Homestar Runner thing, for people that don't know what we're talking about, you can Google it. But, well, there, there's a, there actually is a game called I Want to Be the Guy. But is it related to the... Um, no, it just gets its name from that. Oh, okay. Um, however, it is, the only, it is one of the few games I am aware of where you can die in the start menu. <laughs> it is one of those games that is... That 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 it sounds that like, no one like traveler character creation. Traveler, you know, the only game you can die in character creation. <laughs> oh, you died in, during your military service. Start again. Oh yeah, traveler. Right. Yeah. Trinale initiated it as a sci-fi themed tabletop RPG that originated a couple decades ago. Mm -hmm. You could actually die as you generated your backstory for your character. Yes. Yeah. So they would, you know, they have me beat by because my record was. When I started my Curse of Straw campaign, Billy died before his, his turn came up in initiative. <laughs> yeah, died in his first So it con. feels fun to be able to check that box as a DM. But. Yes. <laughs> but, um, like, oh, you've been eaten by zombies before your turn came up. Mm -hmm. Sorry. But yeah, um, I, do, uh, I, I do think that it's still worth a recommend if you haven't checked it out, um, Undertale. It's a very unique thing. Yeah. I would say this. It's worth experiencing. Yeah. Um, okay. In some way, shape, or form. So... Hitting checking. Speaking of checking box, yeah, checking boxes. The bin is old box. Okay. Well, I think we checked it a couple times, but please continue. Yeah. Well, this is you actually open. spoke your age on on stream, which I've bleeped out the last couple times. So, <laughs> so well, so Traveler came out not twenty years ago. Came out in seventy seven. Oh yeah. So fifty years ago? Well, no, no. forty three years ago. Forty three years ago. Yeah. Um, okay. That's like D and D old. Yeah, that's D and D old. Almost. Um, yeah, I was seventy four for D and D, but yeah, and it's earliest iteration. Yeah, I highly recommend checking out um, Undertale at some point. It's it's. I don't. Know, I just have this weird thing in my brain where like anything, I know like on some level I know it's twenty twenty, but like anything that came out roughly in the eighties esque sphere, it still feels like only about twenty years to me. Right. Like my brain can't get past it. Like, <laughs> I think it's because when I like as I was growing up. Like everything from that era, just kind of like, oh, that was roughly twenty years ago, and yeah, I just think exactly. of it in that term. But uh, I'm like, oh, wait a minute, no, that's actually like always twenty 30, years ago yeah. from you. It's like thirty years ago, I'm, forty years ago. I'm always reminded. I, I'm reminded of a song by Jonathan Colton, um, "Good Morning Tucson." One of his lyrics is, and "I'm still somewhat amazed that you could be born in the '90s." Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, tropiness, mm -hmm. um, homage stuff. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's like a lot of it is where it's like again, it's it's a double-edged sword where like some of its greatest strengths are also its greatest weaknesses. Mm -hmm. You know, like it has a fantastic story, but that's it. It relies on that, and that's yeah. it. It has uh, a really kicking soundtrack. I right. really like. I ha I did legit have some of the music get stuck in my head yeah. throughout the week. Uh, I like the soundtrack is really good. Um, I I highly recommend if you get a chance uh, to signal boost someone else here checking out. Caleb Hines's um, metal lyricized version of Asgore's theme. Hey, Internet! This is Neil popping in actually with a slight thing that I recorded way after the fact. It's not Caleb Hines, and I wanted to properly uh, signal boost the guy. His name is actually Caleb Hiles. That's C A L E B H Y L E S. And his Undertale, Asgore's theme, metal version, um, featuring Richard, e, um, sorry, Richard E.B., is really darn good. Um, 
back to what was actually recorded. I just wanted to make sure that we actually got, you know, the, the proper name in there. So, you know, that's it. Bye! <laughs> it's really good. Sounds interesting. Um, also, I mean, a giant as, dude with horns and a big over-the-top boss fight, like, that sounds metal in and of itself. Well, it, right. it, it's, it's, uh, it, it's more of a, it's, it, like, it's more, it's more metal in its instrumentation than anything yeah. else, but it's also, it's, it's an interesting song. It, it's interesting because it, like, it gets into some of the kind of weird psychology of the character. Um, yeah. So, like, it's, so... Also, I really like the song Megalovania, which you, which none of you got to see because it's in right. a genocide run. Uh, it's the only real reward for doing a genocide run is getting to listen to Megalovania while Sans kills you over and over again. So am I pronouncing the name right of the, the person who is in the armor that then cooks for you? Undyne? Is that how you say it? I Undine? I'm pretty sure it's pronounced Undyne. U-N-D-Y-N-E, right? Yeah. Undyne. Oh, I would assume it's Undyne. That, that's the... That, 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 that's what most. That's how most people on the internet pronounce it. Yeah. Yes. See, that's that's one thing that struck me about like, okay, so we went went into it cold, like pretty much cold. Yeah. Um, I just told you don't kill anyone. Right. And I tried to leave you leave it as cold as that. Right. But the thing is, like on a meta level, because I've played games and I know how games work and I know how quirky different indie games might do something different and all that, you know, like mm -hmm. I had that broader meta context. I, I kind of knew at certain points like um, how things might unfold, and yep. of course, the longer I played the game, the more you know trends and patterns yeah. I'm going to notice. Um, but I was kind of taken aback by. Well, okay, I, I should do the step by step here. Like you, you encounter the Skeleton Brothers. Mm -hmm. You know, you got Sans and uh, Papyrus, and um, you know, ultimately, you see how all that plays out. Like you, you make friends with them, and it's, it becomes a whole weird thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, you date one of them. <laughs> Well, was that a date though? I thought that was a hangout. It would. No, it, well, it was a man date. Here, here's the thing. You. you well, assuming you, you're a man, we don't know what gender you are. You're, well, and, and here's although I assume female because it looks like Dora the Explorer. You also. You also. <laughs> yeah. Also, here's the thing. To get him flustered and have him realize you have to date, you have to flirt with him earlier in the combat. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, because I did that. It's date. It's yeah. just it. it but it's, isn't this? I don't know. It, it's it. it, it everyone it everyone calls it a date. Just okay. he, he, papyrus is he is like as he is with all things bad at right. Um, Maybe that's case, why I was bad at sure. That's right. why I wasn't sure about it because he was so fucking awkward that I didn't know if it was actually supposed to be a date. Papyrus is is honestly probably my favorite character. He's really great. He, him him or Metaton. Metaton's just fun because he's so flamboyant. Right. Also, he's Napstabluke's uh, ghost brother. <laughs> Wait, what? So, you remember the, the sad ghost, Napstabluke? Oh, that thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Who has actually also, who has, has in my opinion, one of the better boss themes, too. Yeah. I really like Napstabluke's song. Um, it's, you know, that jazzy, that, that jazzy thing. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, uh, um, that's... Metaton is his brother. Yeah, ultimately... Um, or sister, I'm not sure. Digressing, but what I was going to say is um, they, and this is um, I think part of it that was executed really well was um, the whole like uh, you know in a lot of games where it's like you'll have an encounter and then you won't fight the boss then, but he'll, mm -hmm. he or she will come back and taunt you later. Or like It'll be a recurring thing, right? Mm -hmm. um, well, they had the whole ominous big knight in armor thing and like 
there's spears being thrown at you, there's all this shit crazy. And this is another place where I actually thought the gameplay was strong. Like, you actually would do these different things where you had, like, uh, like kind of, like, timing reaction time. It's not exactly a puzzle, per se, yeah. but, you know, like, akin to a jump puzzle or whatever. You had to, like, yeah. you had to time when you move and avoid, like, Yeah, avoid the spears coming up out of the ground and being yeah, tossed and at you. Yeah, and falling down on you and all this stuff. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was actually kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And it, and it granted some immediacy because generally the game is at this slow, methodical, plotting pace. You just kind of yeah. you walk to the edge of the screen. You talk to a person. Yeah, where in this particular thing. case, it was fucking run. You're just like go, go, go. <laughs> like all bets are off. When did the doctor yeah. show up? <laughs> I've but, never run this more, this much in my life. Um, I I thought that did a that actually was a good instance of like mm-hmm. I didn't see that transitioning into a spot where it's like okay this person will actually stop trying to kill you and you can actually like talk to this person like it was this big ominous like faceless uh knight thing with all these scary weapons like the way it was presented Mm -hmm. was very different yeah and so i think it did a good job of like kind of throwing you off the trail there because i did not anticipate that ultimately being a character like the Mm -hmm. skeleton brothers that you would actually like make friends with and yep. you know fun fun interesting thing by the way about the undyne fight yeah when she finally like jumps down and you get the the also her really great theme yeah ba, 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 which yeah, is a yeah. great theme yeah it's a great theme yeah. um that initial fight the one that you have to run away from uh-huh. um i didn't realize the first time i fought her that you had to run away from her oh so like I thought I, I thought it was like you know the Toriel or the Papyrus fight where you just had to outlast yeah. the attacks until you could find until they finally like fine I fine let's talk yeah um, well, she gets is, really damn hard after about six or seven rounds this is, this is Exhibit B or Exhibit <laughs> C maybe of Ben's issue with the game where yeah. it's like it's unclear what you're actually supposed to do yeah right. that, that was that that was a thing that, that was very confusing to me. Um, yeah. yeah, and and the thing is, I finally worked it out because I think at some point she was like, she kept saying something along the lines of, "You're never, you can't run away." I was like, "Oh right, running away is an option." Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, see, the thing is, is like with the fight fight with Toriel, mm-hmm. I fled the first mm-hmm. few times. Yeah, you know, because you're supposed because I didn't have the option to spare. Yeah, well, I mean, you could keep trying to spare her; it just wouldn't work. No, I mean, it didn't. It literally, did not have the option. I think. Should have. Does it? Is it or initially, it was, or does it? I don't remember because that's. Or she like, kept attacking. Actually, what it was is she kept attacking. Yeah, you and kept trying to spare her, and, 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 and I didn't yeah. know that she wouldn't. It wouldn't hurt me beyond that certain point. Yeah, yeah. There is. It, it is. It is actually possible if you try really hard to get her to kill you. Uh, which is really kind of funny because when you do, she gets this horrified look on her face. She's like, I didn't mean to. No. <laughs> <laughs> Because Goat Mom truly loves you. I thought that was one of the funniest things um, is, you know, I was just d- uh, selecting all the options to select all the options to see all the things, like calling up all the people on the cell phone and everything mm-hmm. and doing all the options. And one of the options is to flirt. And then another option is like you be like, hey, can I call you mom? And that's super weird when you combine those things. And then she totally calls that out at the end of the game, where it's like, hey, remember that time when you like called me up and flirted with me, and then you want me to call you mom? Wanted me to call you mom, or wanted you you to call me mom? Yeah. What was that about? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Just that. that, that, That's another. That's another thing that that like now that you have played the game and experienced it, I highly recommend taking a look at some of the. 
at some of the YouTube coverage of it, because um, there's a lot of... Because here, here, here's the thing, like, in the first playthrough, mm -hmm. you don't find out, but the game is also not only deconstruction, but it gets incredibly meta. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of things that happen um, that, like, be, because the game, like I said, is constantly saving, it's saving itself whether you tell it to or not. Yeah. It, there are a lot of things where if you go back and try and change something, you can realize it, like... Um, when Toriel calls you and asks you about your preference in pie, for example, yeah. beginning of the game, mm -hmm. you answer her question. Butterscotch, cinnamon, it doesn't matter. Yeah. If you die um, and go back to your save point and go back past the that call checkpoint, she calls you again and says, "What's your favorite kind of pie?" And she's like, "No way! I bet I know the answer." And says what you've already get, what, uh, what you've already said. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> there, there are a lot of things like that because the game pretty much always remembers. Yeah. Um, uh, and it's and it's kind of interesting, like finding out a, a lot of the things that the game remembers, whether you tell it to or not. And I guess the fact that it's unclear what it is going to remember and what it's not is part of what makes it so weird mm -hmm. and unique. <laughs> that door you ran into, by the way, is uh, the door that can lead to one of uh, six things if a meta value that is determined at the very beginning of the game called the fun value... The fun value? <laughs> yes. Um, is one of... Sp the fun can be... When, the, when you when you launch the game, mm -hmm. uh, that game is assigned a fun a fun rating of anywhere from one to one hundred. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and for most of those fun values, nothing happens. But in like I think fun value like eighty two, that door is open. Okay. And there's an optional boss that you can fight in there. Okay. And in fun value ninety five. Mm -hmm. Um. That door is open, and there's a th and there's a thing that no one's quite sure what it is, in there, um, <laughs> referred to as W D Gaster, which is one of the big kind of mysteries that that people love to theorize about on the internet. <laughs> and, um, the, and the and the game designers are like, no, I just threw him in there, man. Just you know, well, he's just a guy I met you know at the at the store one day. Really pissed me off. <laughs> <laughs> um, because he talked because. W.D. Gaster, it, it looks like one of the Skeleton Brothers. Mm -hmm. He talks in Wingdings. Um, Wingding? Okay. Yeah, which is Wingding. why he's W.D. Um, <clears throat> and no one knows anything about him. Other than he exists at fun value, I think it's 95. <laughs> and at certain other fun values, some people will talk about him. They're called Gaster fans. <laughs> um... So I wonder, of course, I imagine people have gone through and... Oh, the game, the game has been meticulously taken apart at this point. Yeah, no doubt. Um, because it's four years old, and it was a game that really caught the public imagination at the time. Right. So people really kind of failed to get the main idea of the game, which was really, you're supposed to play it once and then probably be done playing it. Right. Um, <laughs> by the way, by the way, uh, just mentioning this game... Mm-hmm. Has actually earned us a actually. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, Mia or Maya? Someone saying, "I loved Undertale." Hi, per Maya, Mia. Yeah. Hello. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Please wash your hands. 
<laughs> Not because we think, yeah. But anyways. Oh, by the way, if you're stuck with, if you're stuck uh, at home with the COVID nineteen, I highly recommend my top ten, my episode top ten is uh, uh, top ten things to do while you're homesick. Yep. <laughs> which I recorded while I had the flu, or was it pneumonia? It was something real nasty. <laughs> Good old Price is Right. <laughs> that was on the list. <laughs> That's always the thing I think of. But yeah, um, I think it was, you know, it's one of those games where it's like, um, it kind of just like caught, caught the whole imagination at the time. What? The zeitgeisty thing. I just got your text, same time as always. Yeah, I don't know what the hell's up with that. Our group text is, is, um... Fucked up. Yeah, having a little bit of difficulty. Right? Which is hilarious. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, Facebook Messenger for a little. Right? So... But I mean, and the thing is, is I like this is this is one of the things. Even though even though I didn't get into the game, mm -hmm. I like that it was something that one person was able to do. Mm -hmm. That it caught on. It has its fans. Yep. Because really, you, you know, five thousand fans, and you're pretty much where you need to be. It's had far more than five thousand fans. Exactly. So, it was given <clears throat> as a gift to the Pope. <laughs> what? So. There's a there's a YouTube channel I watch that is far more popular than mine that some people say that I have stolen the introduction of uh, from called the Game Theorists. Okay. Um, the guy who runs the Game Theorists, Matt Pat, uh, was one of a small selection of YouTubers that got a, that got that was invited to the Vatican a few years back for an audience with the Pope. <laughs> And apparently one of the things you do when you have an audience with the Pope is you bring a gift for the Pope. Yeah. And Matt Pat brought a copy of Undertale. <laughs> because because he was talking about its cultural significance and you know the the you know how it espouses you know qualities of, of mercy and things along those yeah lines. yeah mercy and friendship yeah. and forgiveness and <laughs> exactly yeah. it's actually he's getting these very solid points there yeah no he, he it's all very Christian he, stuff he 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 gave a, self sacrifice yeah he gave he gave a very solid explanation for why he did this and a lot of people like, seriously you gave a video game to the Pope he's like. It's a symbolic gesture, right? Right. right. And I'm a and I'm a video it. game YouTuber. Point to the, what the hell am I not? What the hell am I going to bring? Bring this home? Point to the, the to the part of my remarks that are incorrect, because that all sounds very on point. Yeah. When he's talking about all this quality, you know. Yeah. Um, but anyway. But um, well, that's a fun. But yeah, no, it was it was I like that. it was given as a gift to the Pope. Yeah. <laughs> and people put him on blast because it's like. It's a stupid. No, it, it's a symbolic gift. Right. The Pope doesn't need anything. Yeah. He's, the yeah. Pope. He's the Pope. He's the fucking Pope. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. It's a tradition thing. It's not like it's not yeah. like the Pope's like, oh yeah, I can't wait to invite all these people so I get me some gifts. Yeah, right, yeah <laughs> that's exactly. not his jam. No, no, it's gifts. <laughs> no, no. Okay, well that's going to cause a whole new schism in the church. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, as a general rule, when I I, I I vacillate between GIF and GIF, but in any time I try to I'm going to say something that's going to bother people that, that's going to bother people, I I intentionally pronounce it Joyf. 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 Because that's just going to bother everyone. Right. Well, you know, I vacillate between GIF and GIF usually depending upon whether I want a sandwich or an image. But um. <laughs> Yeah. How do you pronounce scuba? Like you did, but... 
Yeah. Which is why people saying, do you pronounce it Drafix is the thing, because scuba yeah. stands for... Uh, Self-contained underwater breathing apparatus. Exactly, yeah. but you, but no one pronounces it scuba. Right. Nope. Uh, <laughs> in any case, yeah, right. pronounce it however the fuck you want. Um, <laughs> right. But, yeah. Were we talking about a video game? <laughs> we, were, we were, but like often, like we often do with this podcast, we get sidetracked, and it's so much fun. I think that the general uh, topic of the game we were talking about was the more like cerebral breakdown mm-hmm. themes kind of stuff. That's where right. we're going with it, kind of like literary criticism kind yeah. of deal, you know? Right. And, and the thing is, is that that's I think that was what was appealing to it, but the, I think, like I said, certain things got in the way of it. Yeah. Um, the gamification of the game actually makes it less effective as a literary um which in a tool. weird way is a meta commentary on games right yeah. <laughs> see and yeah but I, I mean i would say that um uh the fact despite you know it not clicking with everyone and having those issues uh the batting average is very high because mm-hmm. it became a full-blown cultural phenomenon yep yeah sold tons of copies and again it was basically just one dude doing it with a little bit of help yep. from like one or two other people and he released a sequel called delta room which you can get for free if you're interested and it got expanded to all these different platforms like it was mm-hmm. a huge success is one of the biggest like yeah Examples when people are like, "Hey, give me an example of a runaway success indie game." There you go, Undertale's right. Undertale and Minecraft. Well, yeah, I mean, you can't top Minecraft. <laughs> no, you can't. I mean, he became a billionaire. Um, Is he a billionaire yet? Um, he's a, he's a multi-millionaire. If I recall correctly, he sold Mojang Studios for like I think one point two billion. So basically, so, yes. I mean. Ultimately, he, he's I, in that yeah. strata. He, yeah. He's he's at that point, and, and he doesn't work on it anymore because yeah. he's like, I'm done with this. Right. Which you know, it, to be fair, I mean, Minecraft's freaking great. Yeah. I haven't played it in a long time, but I played it. But I I, I got in on that game in the pre-alpha. Well, that's I, well, that's a that's a big digression. We can have a whole episode. We can talk that. about Minecraft at some point. But yeah. anyway, the the TLDR for me on that is that. that that went beyond being just a game, became a whole like platform for like creativity and stuff. Yeah. Like, it's like yeah. the it's like the virtual Lego of today now, basically. Yeah. But, that's, that's really what Minecraft is. It's Legos. Right. Yeah. yeah. But I digress. <laughs> As we often do. Yes. But I think that's the that's the fun thing about being what we are. You know, yeah. And being you know gamers and geeks. Mm-hmm. So, what do you when we're talking about themes? What what is what are your big takeaways from it, Neil? Like, what do you find most interesting about it to you? Because um, obviously, you're a huge fan because it's yeah. your idea to do it. Was that. my idea to do it? Um, the 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 thing that I like about it is that it um, is that it it is it espouses um, as sort of its primary um, thing. Some a, a a very good a a very good virtue to espouse, which is selfless mercy. You don't have to fight everything. You don't. Well, that that and and while it's actually harder sometimes to to be merciful than to not, but to but but being merciful is ultimately is all is ultimately always the better choice. It's it's what it, it is tr- being truly compassionate and merciful actually nets you the best ending, right? And I and and to a certain extent, it it low key teaches people that mercy is something 
to be lauded. Well, another interesting thing about it is with like Flowey and all the weird nightmare fuel stuff that flowey. goes on. Oh, Flowey, my bad. He's a flower. Yeah, Flowey. The main. We're back to GIF and JIF, right? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Flowey. <laughs> um, Flowey's taunting you about how the, how the world works and everything, and the whole kill or be killed and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, you can prove him wrong. Well, not not just that, but the fact that um, where I was going with that idea is mm -hmm. if you go along with it. Um, he's basically he's straight up telling you like if you do what he wants you to do you're going to be stuck in a cycle of eternal torment mm -hmm. like you're just going to keep starting you're going to keep doing the same thing over and over again you're never really going to be free you're always going to be mm -hmm. fighting something and even when you win a battle or whatever you're not really winning because you're constantly regretting your decisions and you're constantly alone because you're hurting everyone you're not you don't have yep. any friends or anyone to share existence with mm -hmm. um so i thought that was kind of interesting because he's like it, it's weird because um f um flowey is talking out of both sides of his pedals if you will mm -hmm. where it's like oh well this is how it is and this is the only thing you can do but he's also saying but if you do this everything sucks forever so which is it? Like, yep. I, I mean, could it possibly be worse than doing the thing that yeah. you're supposedly supposed to do? That doesn't really make any sense. And uh, yeah, to and also to uh, to go down a little bit of a rabbit hole that neither of you can follow me on. If you embrace his ideology and kill everything, yeah, do the genocide route. The game gets progressively darker as you do so. Yeah, like. Each, each area has a certain number of monsters to kill. Yeah. And once you get to a certain point, it says, this many monsters left. And, like, in Snowden, once you've killed all the monsters, there are zero left, the town is, is abandoned. Yeah. Because you killed everyone in town. <laughs> um, also, the music get like gets... Less like it, it, it gets deep. Less chipper. It gets less cherry. It, it, it gets downright like kind of maddeningly bad. Yeah. Right? Well, see, and this is similar to because you're descending more and more into depravity yes. and hell. Well, um, and it's it's very similar. And of course, the whole game starts with you falling into a big hole. So right. mm -hmm. the the metaphor is very obvious. I mean, it's kind of like Plato's the cave, but only a lot less sophisticated. I well, guess. Well, and, and it's where well, we see something similar is. Um, Oh god, the one steampunk style game. Uh, you're gonna have to be way. Yeah, you're gonna have to be a little specific. more. Specific I'm trying to, with the Outsider and. Uh, well, what genre is it? It's uh, it's a like a first person shooter. I just came out with the second version too. Suddenly, I can't remember the name. Oh. I don't know, man. You uh, say it's a shooter. Two more description. Yeah, well, not not necessarily a shooter because it's combat too. You're wearing the the funky mask and dishonored. Dishonored. That's the oh, one. Okay. Yeah, in dishonored, the more you kill, the worse the ending becomes. Yeah. Because high you know, chaos versus low chaos. Yeah, chaos. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, your chaos factor in it. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. To the um, to the point of at the end of the game, if you kill everyone. Um, you are left entirely alone, um, except for one person, the initial fallen child, who offers to let you reset the world for the low, low price Here's of your soul. You all right there? Yeah. 
And if you do that, um, and then you play through the game again and get the true pacifist ending, at the end, Chara, the demon child, possesses you and kills everyone. <laughs> wow. After you get the good ending, uh, and Toriel leaves the pie next to your bed at night. You wake up, and you kill everyone. You get the flowy laugh, and all the pictures have all have, have X's through them all. <laughs> That's creepy. And if you're playing on PC, it's very hard to make it to make the to make your computer forget that you did that. Yeah, it's easier on PlayStation, but yeah, that's because system limitations. But if you're playing on PC, you got to go into like registry files. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's how much the game remembers what you've done. How <coughs> meta it gets on. Its own. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Um... I remember a uh, previous episode I, I mentioned Hotline Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, have you played that, Ben? No. That might be the thing that I suggest that you two do. Uh, yeah, I don't know. If you got, I mean, I, I, I've played a little bit of Hotline Miami. I haven't played much of it. But if you, if Ben got frustrated with, with um, this with Undertale, Hotline Miami is similarly could could be similarly frustrating because it's a lot of trial and error. See, I I. I don't. I don't know if I agree with that though, because it's trial and error within a context of you know how the game mechanics work, and it's just you not being good enough at the thing. Not that you don't have no idea what to so do. So there's a learning curve to it. It's like playing Dark Souls or something. Like you die a bunch. Well, it's not. A, it's not as. Well, oh, no, it's not as brutal as that. But I, just using any ninja guide and just using examples of dip challenging games. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, that'll just that that'll be in the short list. I may wind up mm-hmm. doing something else, but yeah. it's it's at the forefront yeah. of my mind because I it's a, I'm, I'm, it's a I have thing. a little bit of familiarity with Hotline Miami. I've I've seen gameplay of it. I've played a demo, I think, but I haven't. But like, and I know that there's a story involved with it, but I don't know, know much about the story. Well, it's just like it's 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 um it's another example of a game like this where. I'm like, it's not just a game, it's an experience. Mm-hmm. And another good example that I think is Heavy Rain. Um, mm-hmm. That was very much an experience as well. Or Detroit Become Human, which was one of the reasons yeah. I bought a PS4. Well, the thing is, I, I, the other thing too is that um, it's kind of like how um, people have certain memories tied into like watching a, a particular movie, whereas like, uh, like when did they see it in the theater? Who did they see it with? What was going on in their life in the world at the time? They have like Star Wars is a good example of that, mm-hmm. right? People that actually saw Star Wars in the theater, uh, and then of course, and then and our generation saw, saw Star Wars Special Edition in theaters. You, you have that like context and that memorableness of oh well, I remember you know blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. These are the circumstances. There's yeah. certain games like that where. If you if you play it under the right circumstances, it's more interesting. Yeah. And Heavy Rain was very. I'm going to digress just a little bit. Go for but, it. But I actually know where I'm going with the digression. That's fine. Uh, Heavy Rain, and it's tangentially related to the whole game is experience. We seriously like have 20 minutes still to kill. Okay. We got. I mean, there's plenty of stuff we can talk so. about with Undertale, but again, a lot of it's just going to be us kind of talking to hear ourselves talk because yeah. you just got to play the game. Yeah. You got to experience. Seriously, yeah. Yeah. Now, okay. granted, at this point, you should have played the game yes. because we gave you a very clear spoiler warning. Yeah, and said, really, seriously, you should probably play the game yeah. before you hear us talk about it. But, anyway, but if you haven't, seriously, guys, go, go play the damn game. Heavy Rain. It's $10 on good old games. Heavy Rain, for me, was one of those games where I had, it was like a very interesting, unique experience mm-hmm. because um, I, I heard about the game... Um, I mean, I wasn't like, I wasn't like following every little, you know, 
bit of information. I wasn't hyped per se, but I was like, oh, that looks interesting and all, you know, it was kind of on my radar. Yeah. And I got a PS3 and I'm like, okay, this is one of these like things where at the time that was, you know, it was just for PS3 and then, you know, we hadn't done the re HD yeah. re-release, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, this is one of these games where it's like, if you have the system, you owe it to yourself to play this exclusive game. So yeah. I'm like, all right, I'm in, let's do this. Plus the graphics just looked amazing for yeah. the time, and they I, were. It, it's why I bought my PS4 was for <coughs> Detroit Become Human, which was another Quantic Dream Quantic, game. Quantic Dream, yeah. Um, Kingdom Hearts 3 was coming out soon. And I was also really interested in the Persona games, which were all on PlayStation. Yeah. I was like, I want a console. If I'm going to pick a console, there you go. I want the games with the, with the exclusives I care about. Yeah. And that's why I bought a PlayStation. <laughs> yeah, so for me, um, I, I got the game, um, and it was one of those, everything just kind of like uh, synced up to make it an interesting, visceral experience. Mm -hmm. So like, kind of painting you a picture here, like, you know, I kind of knew a little bit about the game, but not much. I pretty much went into it cold. Yeah. Um, uh, and Ben, do you care if you have a, a very old Quantic Dream game spoiled? Oh, potential spoilers. I mean, I'm not going to get too much into. I've had, I've, I've had, I've had heavy rain spoiled twelve ways to Sunday for me. But at this point, okay. because it's one of those, uh, there are a few, <laughs> there there are a few gaming channels that I that I subscribe to, that it's one of those games that they won't shut up about. Like like, yeah. um, like PlayStation Access won't shut up about Heavy Rain or Metal Gear Solid. Well, I don't need, I don't, uh, I don't so... really need to spoil the game to get the essence. Of the, yeah. Of the digression. Sure. So I, I, you know, I might as well not. That's fine. Um, Sorry. That's all right. Uh, it's always good to be safer, better safe than sorry at the yeah. spoilers. Anyway, um, so also I got spoilers, the, everybody. I got the game, um, and um, I mean, man, this was God. This game came out in like two thousand nine, I think. Uh huh. Something like that. <coughs> so I was <laughs> um, at the time. I was, you know, this was even before I met my wife, and I was living alone, mm -hmm. and I was uh, in my apartment. Um, the the lights the the lighting situation wasn't great, like uh -huh. there there's like there's there's a, a couple of lights that were out at the time and stuff and like, and the weather was kind of crappy at the time and it was like one of those things where it's like okay I just got the game you had the perfect ambiance oh yeah 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 no the list goes on um, so I get the game and like I haven't had a chance to play it yet but then like the weekend is upon me and I don't really have any plans so I'm just like all right I'm just gonna basically hole up and play this game. Uh, mm -hmm. And it became, it was, uh, again, it's, um, it was very similar to Undertale in the sense that it was kind of like a virtual interactive novel, choose-your-own-adventure kind of deal, where mm -hmm. it's like, yeah. you're playing it for the story. It's a Quantic Dream game. Yes. But Quantic Dream really does that. Yeah. Um, to the point of, honestly, you could probably really just make it a choose-your-own-adventure thing and have them make movies. I mean, there's a little bit of, like, exploring and investigating, and there's, like, a little bit of, like, you know, there's... Uh, most of the gameplay is just kind of going through making choices and doing quick-time events. That's basically yeah. it. Mm -hmm. But it's it's surprisingly well done, and um, the voice acting, the graphics, everything's really amazing. Yeah. Anyway, so all these weird things came together, right? Mm -hmm. And then, like... <clears throat> you know, it's like, it's quiet, it's dark, the weather's bad, I'm alone, and the game is like, and I, I, I actually, I think at that point I was, I was actually playing in the dark too. Yeah. Uh, and so it was just perfect. Um, you know, it's like the quintessential watching a horror movie alone in the dark with the sound turned up, right? Yeah. And so anyway, I just, I, get, I got more and more immersed in the game, and it was like one of those, it was again like a book, like a book you can't put down, you keep telling yourself you're going to put it down, you keep one more chapter, one more chapter. Yep. And it was just like that only as a game. And I, I just, I didn't, like, I didn't play it all in one sitting, but close to, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I, I beat the game within, like, a day and a half or something. Yep. And 
I, I just, you know, the game kept going on and all these twists and turns. I'm like, oh man, this is so crazy. What's going to happen next? I want to know how it ends. And I go through and I finish the game. And um, so like I said, it was like a day and a half. So I finished, like I, I played the night, I think it was like Friday night or something. Mm-hmm. And I played throughout Saturday. And then I, when I had finished the game, there's the big reveal and resolution and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. It, it, it had been night. Like it, had, it was like a little after dusk. And like I just had this weird surreal moment where like I finished the game, I'm I'm still right in my brain and reflecting on everything and breaking it down, like what does it all mean? And like it was really mm-hmm. fascinating. I was thinking about it. And I just I felt like getting some air because um, my apartment at the time like trapped heat extremely well. And mm-hmm. I was kinda burning up, even though the weather was cold. Yeah. And so I walk out my door and it, the, the way it was is like you, I walk out my front door and then there's like a little landing and then there's like the door to the actual outside. Mm-hmm. And so I I open that I opened that door and I could kind of hear that it's raining outside. And I opened the door and it's a shh. Mm-hmm. It's literally heavy rain. Yep. And I'm just sitting there and I'm just, I just kind of like lean against the door frame and just kind of stare off into this distance. I just kind of look, I just kind of watch the rain and reflect on all this shit. And I'm like, this is one of the most surreal, fucking weird experiences I've had in my entire life. Mm-hmm. And it's just games like that make that possible. Yeah. So that's what I think is so interesting about games like Heavy Rain and Undertale and stuff. Like, even if it's not necessarily your jam, Try it anyway, yeah. and you might get an experience like that. That's a once in a lifetime experience, so it's worth the price of admission. Yeah, right. And see, for me, a similar game like that is Sid Meier's Pirates, um, because that I first played that in the late '80s mm-hmm. or early '90s um, d- uh, down in when I lived in Wichita, mm-hmm. and. It was the the overall experience because it was the first game that I played back in my day, mm-hmm. uh, back in my day. Um, had to say that at least once, where it wasn't just music, um, and I, it may be just the newer release where you constantly have the sound of the ocean, mm-hmm. the sound of the beach, mm-hmm. you know, seagulls, things like that. And that basically made it feel, you know, yeah. real to me. Plus it's historically accurate mm-hmm. to a certain extent. Yeah. Uh, for instance, when you're out at sea, you know, and you hail passing ships, mm-hmm. you get news. You find out, oh, we're at war with Portugal. Oh, we're at war with Spain. Oh, we made peace with Spain. <laughs> you know? Yeah. We're at war with the Dutch. Uh, because you're playing in the Caribbean during yeah. the era of pirates. And it yeah. just... Um, you, you know, it just... One of those things of... It was very... Immersion. Yeah, it is very immersive. Yeah. Um, you remind me of... of sorry, I, I didn't mean to catch you off. No, that's kind of where I was going, yeah. is that it was very immersive, and it's very involved. Yeah. Even though you don't have a single specific plot, except for, you know, avenging your family. You're reminding me of, of, one, of, the, of one of the most surreal uh, experiences I ever had uh, watching anime. There's an anime, which I really love, and I highly recommend, called Serial Experiments Lane. Um, I'm not going to get into all of it, because it's... Really, really weird and convoluted. It's a nine-episode anime. I got it. Wait, on... you're telling me an anime is weird and convoluted? This ah, is no, 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 like that could never happen. <laughs> this is weird and convoluted 
for anime standards. Okay, well that's something. Like <laughs> when when like it, it, not not every anime nerd is going to get into this movie. It, yeah. it, 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 but hey. um in the last episode um spoilers. Yeah, just a little <laughs> bit. Just a little bit. Um in the last episode as the uh yeah, massive spoilers for, for serial experiments lane. In the last episode as the main character um, achieves omniscience uh, and realizes that she is um, a character. I don't know if she realizes she's in an anime. <coughs> she begins and she begins yeah. directly talking and trying and and, and and posing questions to the audience. Uh-huh. Um. <laughs> She calls a Deadpool. Yeah, a little bit. She, she becomes mildly medium aware. Yeah. Although it's also possible she's not talking to you, but it, it, it's complicated. Okay. <laughs> However, um, it was a crazy experience when um, and I was still in college, um, and I sat down and I shotgunned the whole series in one sitting. It's only nine episodes, so it's not a huge time yeah. commitment. It was, you know, it was four and a half hours. <coughs> um, and I'm getting to the last ep- I'm, I'm getting to the last episode around one in the morning, so I'm just mildly, mildly sleep deprived. Yeah. And I'm also doing something else on my other monitor. <laughs> and then Lane starts talking to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching in Japanese with subtitles, but at, you know, I was, this was still in college, so I still spoke a decent amount of Japanese. So it really, like, there was there, there was a brief moment where it was like, holy fuck, she's actually talking. No, no. This is an anime from the 90s. She's not talking to me. But jeez! Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I've, for for getting to to moments of kind of surreality and perfect and and perfect like con um, yeah conflux of events yeah. yeah yeah I had a moment like that with uh, Fellowship of the Ring hmm. because book or movie movie okay because um, I'm sitting there in the theater. Rankin Bass movie or theater movie or or, uh, the, or the Peter Jackson <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting there in the theater. Up in the very first row, mm-hmm. because we got there late, and so I'm sitting back, yeah, kind almost as far as I can, and there's and there's the you know so I can still see all the screen and everything, and it's the part where they're trying to leave the Shire, and the dark rider comes in on the right side of the screen. Yeah, <laughs> I'm leaning back, I'm looking up, and this dark looming shape, and I'm like. Who was reaching over me? <laughs> and I was like, this is the reverse of 3D. <laughs> because I'm seeing something reaching across the screen. I'm going, oh. Because I didn't have the right perspective. For right. It, so it yeah. looked to me like yeah, something was literally over my head. Mm-hmm. But um, we've, we've gone far afield of the topic at this point. But yeah. Well, I think the, the real topic here was well, the subtopic of, sur- of unique surreal yeah. and, and, and unique and unique uh, yeah experience. media experiences. Yeah, yeah. Um, because that was that was the reason I wanted you guys to right. play the game was yeah. because it is 
a unique experience. So in a way, we're uniquely on topic. Yeah, sort But of. to get more officially on topic, um, yeah. other <laughs> other thoughts about the game? Mm-hmm. Um, other things that stuck with you? Um, not, I mean, no, that, that's really it. Um, it it's... Now, speaking of anime, the Doctor was a big anime fan. Yep. I thought, calling it human Alphys. history, I thought that was pretty funny. Yep. Yeah. Dr. Alphys <clears throat> and her human history. I did get tired of her, like, uh, constantly, like, drenched in sweat. I'm like, okay, I get it. You're nervous and awkward. And like, yeah. can we not do this every other frame? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, some of that was, was how much is, is Toby going to draw? Um, <laughs> yeah. Because keep in mind, he also drew all of it. Right, right. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I get it, but still. Did you set in Tammany College? Uh, yes. Okay. I don't, some of it I don't remember, to be honest. So in the, in the Tammany Village, by the way, Tammany Village is the only place where you can actively make money. Yeah. Because the Tammany Item Shop will buy things from you. Yeah, nowhere else will buy things from you. I was, uh, yep. I've got all the stuff, I want to get rid of it. I know, right? Temmie Village... Aside from the the gold you get from winning the battles, obviously. Mm -hmm. Yep. Temmie Village will buy things from you. Um, In fact, if you need to, and I had to, to get my platinum, there's a point where you kind of have to slightly grind gold. Well, that's another thing, too, and I'm I'm glad you mentioned that because it reminds me of this point about how we're talking about how the game is deconstruction and subverting expectations and all this Mm -hmm. stuff. One of the... uh, I mean, aside from the whole, like, violence and or killing aspect of... RPGs, um, or games in general. <clears throat> With RPGs specifically, there's always one of the biggest things, one of the biggest tropes and things about it is you get experience points and you level up. Yeah. You do not do this in the pacifist run, which is apparently the best run, the best ending or whatever. Well, that's because level is level of violence and experience is... Uh, well, but you don't know that at the time. Yes, this is true. Your extermination points is what yep. EXP really means. Uh-huh. But you don't know any of this going in as true. a new player, and you would assume, oh, okay, this is an RPG, therefore I, I must level to progress and win the game. I'm doing yeah. air quotes for those at home. Right. But, yeah, no, it's the exact opposite, actually. Mm-hmm. Like, that's counterproductive. Yeah. So, usually, you're programmed as, oh, zero XP, I didn't earn XP, therefore I did something wrong. Right. So, you're, it's it's very subversive. Yeah. Because you're supposed to not do the normal things. It, it entirely, like, that, that that's... That's the reason... That, 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 to come back around to it and kind of wrap up, because we are now running out of time... Is that was the thing I really liked about it? Is it's the thing that I liked about the first season of One Punch Man? Not so much about the second. Like the second season, I enjoyed, but it wasn't nearly as as impactful as the first season of One yeah. Punch Man. Mm-hmm. And other things along those lines, where they take everything, where they take your your expectation and almost entirely subvert it. Yeah. Right? Like you know, Undertale is the is the deconstruction, the subversion of the standard RPG. One Punch Man is the is the subversion of the standard shonen anime where, you know, the person gets more powerful over time. No, he is just in, entirely powerful at the beginning, right. and that and that's what like the thing about it is is sort of his existential quest for cha- trying to find challenge in his life because right. nothing is challenging anymore. Right. Right. Um, I really like. I really like things that that upset the you know your your expectations that yeah, right. that turn that that turn your preconceived notions on their head. Yeah. Um, well, which, the thing about it is that that's 
those things tend to make you think the most. Mm -hmm. And anything that makes you think is worthwhile. Yeah. You know? Um, if it can be entertaining and make you think, that's the best scenario because the most people are going to consume that thing and spread mm -hmm. that thing and talk about that thing. Um, so, yeah, if it can do both, that's the best. Yeah. I Again, my, my main criticism of the game is that, you know... It, it's, Some of its gaming aspects are not... Yeah, <laughs> it's only a game in the nominal sense, and, like, sometimes the entertainment aspect was lacking... It would get to the it would get to the interesting thoughtful stuff, and then that's the stuff that actually entertained me as the non gamey stuff. Because mm -hmm. like there'd be a funny joke, or the character would be interesting. They do something you would expect, or like they set up a scene in an interesting way. Like I said with Undyne, where it's like it actually gives me that illusion of oh crap, maybe I can't talk my way out of this one, and then I ultimately can. And I, by the way, I love mm -hmm. how Undyne makes friends with you out of spite. And it's like I'm gonna yeah, be the so best friend, damn it. Like, I just thought that was so great, you know? Like, <laughs> well, it's, it's funny. It's like, like the one thing that Papyrus is good at is playing Undyne. Right. Papyrus is like, I'm going to make you, I'm going to get you guys friends. Right. And he does that by challenging Undyne because he knows Undyne well. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. like, I bet you can't make friends right. with this person. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, I'll show you. I will be their best friend. Ever. Yeah. We will be besties. Yep. <laughs> Uh, um, definitely also check out like check out the soundtrack um, especially like especially the genocide run soundtrack for the boss fights yeah your your reward is music for for punishing yourself because <laughs> um, the because all those tracks are just absolute yeah. bangers yeah. <laughs> awesome uh, um We've got other things to talk about here soon. I believe we owe you guys an episode on Castlevania. Yep. Yes. Um, which I've only watched the first episode of, but I really enjoyed. I'm about halfway through that. Um, we have another episode that is becoming more poignant as time per, per, go, goes on, but we will get to at some point. Um, that I'm being intentionally vague about, so ha 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 ha. Vague booking. Oh wait, we're not on Facebook. Well, yes, we are on Facebook. We're just not this on is, this very moment. Yeah. Yes. This part isn't on Facebook. Um. But yeah, um, we will talk to you again in two weeks. Be safe out there. Um, wash your damn hands. Wash your yeah. Wash your damn hands. Rain calm. Yeah, and 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 in uh, in. in uh, reference to the cover of a very important book, Don't Panic. Right. Um, this has been Neil. The one true Ben. And Mike. Just because we got to do it right at least once. And we'll talk to you next time on Geek Anthology. This podcast is a production of Working Theory Productions. It is brought to you by the letter A and the number 101. Opening theme is Ultra Mega Hyperstorm, ending theme is March of the Mind, both by Kevin McLeod. If you enjoyed this podcast or know someone who would, please consider sharing it on your social media, sending us an email, leaving us a comment, liking, rating, subscribing, following, all those things that really help out the algorithm of whatever platform you're listening to us on. If you really enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us, either by making a one-time donation on, your, on our website uh, through PayPal or a reoccurring one through Patreon at patreon.com slash working theory. 
Check out our social media pages for links to interesting things, as well as updates about uh, episode uh, schedules. And in general, have a nice day. A final thought. The episode is finished, but the idea that you can listen to another fills you with determination.